0: Hello, everyone. Kevin here once again with a brand new episode of Hellions Talks today. I am thrilled with today's guest. Long time coming, long time that he and I should actually sit down and have a conversation, a, a real conversation. Been following each other online, supporting each other's projects for, oh my gosh, over 10 years, maybe even longer than that. Uh, Mr. Robert Clark Chan is my guest today. I know him from a variety of podcasts, all of which are linked to in the show notes. And just a very intelligent guy, a very funny guy, a guy that I am proud to have known for so long. But before we get to that, we have some announcements to make. One, we're getting closer, closer and closer every day. You can feel it in the air. It's got that nice, mm, ah, smell it, that nice crisp feeling in the air. That's because it's close to Halloween. Halloween is on a Sunday this year. So maybe in your neighborhood there are events taking place on Friday, maybe on Saturday, and of course on Halloween itself. But you still have time to head over to HalloweenCostumes.com. Once again, the Retro Network is sponsored by HalloweenCostumes.com. Please head over to the site, check out costumes, accessories, uh, normal everyday clothing. Clothing you could wear to the office, to work, and just celebrate Halloween time. Speaking of celebrating Halloween time, and speaking of traveling... While well, some of you are going door-to-door getting treats, not, not my former co-host here, uh, over on the the House Show podcast. Soon, soon, soon maybe we come back, we'll see. But anyways, not those kind of treats, but trick-or-treats. Specifically, Halloween-themed wrestling. Oh, that's right, not Halloween Havoc. But the greatest name I have heard in quite some time for a wrestling event, Slam Hane. Brought to you by New York Championship Wrestling, taking place on October 23rd. Live from the Ephraim Sports in Albany, New York. Door time is at 5, bell time is at 6. Please head over to Brown Paper Tickets to get your tickets for this show. We talked to Johnny Moran last week about uh, some... Some teasers. It sounds like it's going to be a great show. Looking forward to it. A lot of good talent. Can't wait to see everyone and say hi. Followed up. Next show is already announced. Oh my gosh. We didn't have... You know, I'm so thrilled to be able to tell you guys about this. But on November 6th... Tag Title Turmoil is coming to the Accelerate Sports Complex in Whitesboro, New York. Can't wait to be there. Can't wait to see this event. Tag Title Turmoil. Obviously... A lot of tag team matches will be taking place, but also special guest, former Impact Wrestling Champion Moose will be in the house. If you haven't seen Moose live, honestly, ridiculously big guy, a sight to see live. Please come out, check out all the great wrestling stars in New York Championship Wrestling. Support them, support indie wrestling in your community, support indie wrestling in your town. Go to shows, make trips, make friends with people there, make it something that you look forward to each and every time, weekly, monthly, whatever your area has. Go out support, see the stars of tomorrow, see stars of today that just for some reason people don't know about, and treat it like that amazing rock band that you just love seeing each and every week and you want to succeed, but... Whether they succeed or not, whether they are selling out Madison Square Garden or not, you will be there to support them because, damn it, they're just that damn good. And I am thrilled that New York Championship Wrestling is in my backyard and to go each and every month to a show. I'll see you guys there. I'll be the one uh, looking kind of awkward in the front row, but enjoying the hell of myself, to be honest. All right, with that said... Some wrestling talk will be coming up, some podcast talk, some acting talk, so much cool things here with Robert Clark Chan. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, probably best known as the voice of Jem and Jerrica from Jem and the Holograms, and you are listening to Hellions Talks. Almost live from a library near you. This is Hellion's Talks, starring The Masked Library,
1: Kevin Hellion. He is the lauder of the long box, the hero of the hall, and he's on a mission to bag and board them all. Now the Retro Network proudly presents a talk show of comic proportions.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Hellions Talks. Is I, your host, Kevin Hellions, here. Yet another episode with a longtime friend, someone who's worked, I have followed with for years, listened to countless hours of him on many different podcasts. We're going to dive into the history, talk about current projects, and see where the conversation takes us. Live from Los Angeles is my friend, Mr. Robert Clark Chan. Chan, how are you today? Wait a minute! Is this live? You told me this was a podcast. I
1: thought we were recording this, and I could edit all my terrible things out. Oh, by the way, can I swear? I just realized that I
0: should.
1: Yes. Yes. case, this is fucking wonderful.
0: One, kayfabe. <laughs> so, of course, we're live. Uh two. When, when, uh we were all on one feed as part of the retro network and every, like you just had to subscribe to retro network and every show came up. There was kind of a no swearing thing after we switched hosts and everyone got their own feed. It's like, you can do whatever you want that works for your show. Nice. And so I started with the PG 13 rule of you get one and then that went out the window too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Like I, I cut my teeth doing comedy sports, so I know how to switch it on and off i am perfectly happy to uh uh go uh no f bombs, no uh four letter words or you know dial it as back as as far as need be. but yeah in in real life, in front of my three year old, I swear, which is only now starting to uh bite me on the behind so
0: well and and that's a tough one with that too. and like declan's eight, and i I really try not to. Um, But sometimes it comes out either because I don't think he's paying attention and I'm having a conversation right. with someone else or it just comes out naturally because that's your personality type. And it, <laughs> ah, crap, the kids kids here heard it all. Yeah. And he'll call me out on it. And it depends on the word. But the funny thing is now at eight, like he knows he can't say it. He's very good about it. But he also knows mm-hmm. what certain words mean, too. So when he hears something like I'm cut off while driving or or something like that, and I swear he loses it, thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> so but that's kind of enjoyable too. I'm Like, all right, we have this moment here. We have this <laughs> thing.
1: I mean, that's that's it, is that you have to teach them to code switch. And uh, for for some populations, you have to learn that early. Like, uh, you know, uh, people who uh, speak in African-American vernacular English On the regs, you know, you have to teach them as kids like, okay, well, now we don't talk like this in front of our white teachers because they're going to think you're stupid. Um, And by the same token, like, yeah, you obviously know the word fuck. So you just have to understand that this is, you know, these are things that we say at home or these are things we say, you know, with friends and we can't do it you know, here or here because you will get in trouble. And, you know, that's that's all part of parenting, too. It's not like they're going to make it through their childhood without hearing dirty words.
0: Right, right. And it's it's more controlling their use of it. Hey, adults can use these words in certain situations and some use them inappropriately and some use them when they can't. (laughs) You are a kid. If you want to you know, if something slips out when you're here with me, that's one thing. Please don't say it around your teachers. Please don't say it at daycare. Please don't say it around grandma. You know, there's certain people that aren't going to put up with it. Um, and as you get older, you will learn when and where you can't use it. But right now you're a kid. Please don't use it. If it slips around <laughs> on me, that's one thing. But, you know, you, you mentioned code switching and I got questions for you later on for stuff. But one of the reasons why I talk when I talk to you and one of the reasons why I still follow your stuff many years later a- after initially you know, being introduced to it. Yeah, is... I have questions
1: why you would do that, too.
0: Dear Lord, <laughs> I
1: am not interesting enough for that.
0: But you are smart. You do post things because I, I follow most of your social media. I follow every social media I'm aware of. I'm aware it that way. <laughs> or maybe there's something I don't know.
1: You know, all um, my fans. I have an OnlyFans. So you, you might not be subscribed to that.
0: Well, not under my real name, not under my shoot name. That's just ridiculous. Oh, dang. Yeah,
1: dang, I, I just got
0: one-upped. Okay, I'm into this. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, but you post things, and sometimes it's the stupidest freaking dad jokes I've ever heard in my life, and I mm-hmm. love it. Or for the puns. And when I've gotten one, Anya, on or or you know, you come like, okay, that was a good one. I feel like extra. It was an extra good one because it <laughs> hit your level, made it even better. But then I, I respect someone who uh, can pull out a mean <laughs> pun. But then I learned from you, too, for stuff as well. And there's things that I mean, let's be honest, I'm in a relatively small area, certainly compared to Los Angeles. It's tiny, you know, uh, uh, actual upstate New York, not like just, you know, 30 miles out of the city, but like closer to Canada than to New York mm. City. Yeah. Um, white. Gen X. Cis straight male. I realize what I present to the world, to those who don't know me. Mm -hmm. So I make a conscious effort of, let me do better. Let me, because some people are going to only look at someone who looks like me and listen to someone who looks like me. So let me try to be better. Let me present better. And I'm not perfect, certainly. I've made mistakes. I've learned, but I try because I realize uh, there's a certain amount of responsibility to that. Let me be the one being careful of my pronoun use. Let me be the one aware of what my presence might do. Um, Quick example, if I'm shopping in a manga section of Barnes and Noble <laughs> and there's, you know, young female, I will be on the opposite side because mm-hmm. I'm actually interested. I'm actually looking for stuff, but they don't know that as far as they know, I'm just random dude that's going to be hitting on them. or making them Uh, uncomfortable and i try to be careful with things like that but a lot of it is stuff that like i learned from people like you and seeing all the stuff you post i'm like i need to do better i need to be smarter yeah yeah and
1: i i will um when i'm walking down a street if there is a woman who is in front of me i will walk faster until i walk a little bit past them because you know my normal pace might be just like I'm I'm just gonna be you know like three feet behind you for the next you know three blocks walking on a street, and there's a woman in front of me. I will always speed up to get a little bit ahead of them, because my pace might normally be to just be behind them for you know just like a few feet for like two blocks, and I know that as a man, um, that can be creepy as hell. And like, it, is he following me? What is going on? Is it? So um, I always try and think about other people in whatever context that that might be um and by the same token too like yeah it's it's okay to screw up a lot of people are like afraid their biggest thing is like i don't want to um learn your pronouns because then i am responsible for your pronouns and if i screw up then that means i'm a bad person and so i'll just not do it at all and you know just try man make that
0: effort and that's that's all you can ask Well, and I've also, you know, I've known who you are for nearly 15 years, too. So I've seen growth and change and, you know, um, but here, I'll I'll go back for for listeners and and in case you need a reminder as well, or in case you're not aware. (laughs) So many, many years ago, I'm reading a comic called Hack Slash, and I'm like, this is fun. And it says, soon to be a major motion picture, which still hasn't happened. But at the time, it said, soon to be a major motion picture. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So I start looking up. I'm like, oh, okay, what's going on for it? So I start Googling. And I found this little thing of Alison Scagliotti for Cassie Hack. I'm like, who is this? Oh, ridiculously attractive, very cool. And seeing the stuff she's done in more recent years, amazing uh actress that was on a show called warehouse 13 at the time and she wanted to do it. And everyone's pushing for it. Damn. Isn't there a podcast talking about it and a little hashtag and everything. So I start following the guy doing that. And then he has another podcast called pizza games and zombies. (laughs) And there's a couple of his friends that all hang out. And what they would do is they would get random new pizza, discuss that they'd play a tabletop game, discuss that They'd have a zombie topic. And I just kind of glommed onto it, even though I was East Coast and you were all West Coast and there was a three hour time difference. I'd be sitting down at midnight, give or take. And and I would start watching it. And in the chat, somehow I started being like the main person in the chat and kind of moderating it. Not that I planned on it. It just kind of happened. Someone (laughs) come in late. What's going on? Oh, we got pizza. We. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, pizza from birthplace. And here's the game that's being played. And here's the topic. And tonight's fourth chair is this guest. And here is the IMDb for this person all. <laughs> and everyone's just like, hey, just uh, keep doing that then. <laughs> and most of our initial conversations were you staring at the screen that had the group chat going on uh, and you talking directly to me through the screen. <laughs> and I would just type <laughs> okay or something like that. And and that show went away as as many podcasts do. Life changes, stuff happens, people get doing other things. It's still
1: semi in existence though. Like uh, uh Sam still uh has
0: the web page up, and I think every once in a while he does something with it. Yeah. Um, it, it, it not how about not in the same format? Oh no, yeah, we'll go with that. And and sex has just disappeared from social media, which is probably smart. Yeah um for for a lot of us it's probably a smart thing uh but there were people like um matthew mercer was on an episode so mm-hmm. i i went through a bunch of stuff with that um i still am friends on social media with uh michael holmes and mandy moss holmes were amazing people lovely and people I, we're kind of we're uh, closer friends now because they have a kid about yep. the same age as our kid Yep, and uh, and I mean like I I have I've never met them in person or yourself and all, but for following people for years like this, I have been invested in their relationships and children and housing and and just life drama and all. And always like I can't do anything from where I am, and I I make dick, you know, but <laughs> I, I I care, and it's yeah. you know. And some people that you know you follow online or you're into a project just disappears and you don't even have the connection or anything. But for some reason, you're joking, your voice, your your banter, the things you post, whatever. I've always followed you up until today when I don't know how because I struggle sometimes to get one done every week. You we got three podcasts going. <laughs> so we got a double back. Which yep. reviews the past week's uh, AEW episodes, mostly Dynamite, a bit of a Rampage wrap up, um, mm. and then you know there there are tangents. <laughs> what? We have how dare you? Oh, 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 how very dare you? Every so often, <laughs> we have my three dads, which is fantastic. Oh, um, in which yourself and your podcast partners there will watch something and then decide if you actually want to sit through it again. Some of it's kids stuff your kids actually watch. Some is suggested. Some is, okay, I'm going to make sure my kid doesn't find this because that was fucking terrible and I never want to sit through it again. <laughs> and then we also have Knowing is Half the Podcast, which within the circle for um, retro network stuff, pe- more people are discovering because they're like, oh my God, this podcast is fantastic. This is exactly the type of stuff I've been looking for. Forever and then right now you're going through the Kevin Smith He Man. I have differing opinions ah, from some of the opinions ah, on the show, but there's room for everyone's opinion. Because one of the things is also with your background as well, and with um your co-host background too, opinions are backed up, and that yeah. is a big difference between there's big difference between saying something sucks and saying hey i didn't enjoy it because of this this and this reason you're like okay i can understand that i can see how you got to that point i had a different experience but i at least understand yours and that's a more easier pill to swallow than just i hate this thing that you like that's what all criticism should be like even something
1: as basic as tv or film criticism you should be able to that person should be able to say i uh thought this was good or bad here is why so you can say like well uh yes uh, but i like those things that you do not like and so i will probably like this Uh, if you're not then it's yeah it's just opinion and there's a million there's 10 billion opinions on the internet and most of them are worthless
0: right but for certain people and i I gotta imagine there's part of you wired the same way i could have quit numerous times Mm -hmm. i had i had fun with losing the rights to my original site there, which is why I had to go through the rebrand and name change. And that's a whole fun, long story. (laughs) Uh But I wanted to keep going because when I don't create something, whether I'm writing, whether I'm recording podcasts, whatever it might be doing, I get depressed. I need that outlet. I need to do something. And it's not to hit a hundred views or a thousand or a million or, or hits or whatever. It's just, if I don't create, if I don't have an outlet, it makes me feel lesser and I need to do it for me. Yeah. We can talk uh,
1: about that, that path that I have tread where I've gone from, uh, I'm trying to do this for a living to This is just a hobby back to, I'm trying to do this for a living back to, you know, like I'm severing all ties with everyone so that I can make this happen and, you know, altering my life and, you know, whatnot all, all, with that same feeling of like needing to create uh, cause
0: yeah, uh, I've been all the way there and back. Well, cause I mean, I'm guessing and, and apologies here, but I'm guessing you weren't born in LA. <laughs> so I'm guessing that's part of the story there. So many people here, like it's weird
1: when you run into someone in Los Angeles who was born in Los Angeles. So many people, especially in like the industry have come here because they were the weirdo in their town. Uh, and or they were, you know, the most talented person in their town. And, you know, like they uh, they were a big fish in a little pond and like I got to do something to get bigger. And, you know, they ended up here. Um, and it's a uh, it's pretty wonderful to see the diversity of of people that you run into.
0: But is there a. A sense of earning it or pride or something like that, like, listen, I've been doing this. I've lived here for years. No, I wasn't born here. Yes, I came here, at, you know, w- out of high school, out of college, out of w- whatever. I came here at this point. But I'm still here and I'm still standing. I'm still plugging away at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, here's the <laughs> thing.
1: You run into a lot of people on the street who are unhoused and, you know, like maybe have mental illnesses uh, and you're like oh my God, that dude probably came here wanting to be a star and this town chewed him up and spit him out. Um, but also there's that sense that, um, that most people will ask, you know, like, how long have you been in Los Angeles? Rather than, you know, like, uh, are you from here or whatever? Because most people will be able to tell you, yeah, I moved here, you know, five years ago, so, you know, 12 years ago, 40 years ago. Uh, almost everybody, uh, has that date pretty hardwired into their brain. Um, I came out here in 2008, uh, and you know, there's a sort of, there, there's some pride to, you know, sticking it out because a lot of people, most people feel like, okay, you know what, if I don't make it here in like, you know, three years and I'm going back home and plenty of people do, but a lot of people, um, stay not just some people will stay because they find out like oh right to make it in this industry to be an overnight success i have to have been working for 10 years almost everybody who's ever been in an overnight success has a long track record that you've never heard of them and they were just toiling away in obscurity um and so you know they'll just stay here and keep doing it until they make it or don't uh and then other people well, and I would put myself in this category, uh, are just here, and we know that we're not going to make it. But there is such an abundance of creative energy here that it just feels it it fills your soul just to be here, to be around it, to be you know rubbing shoulders with people who are working and you know doing stuff that um, is either you know sort of near near that energy. Or you're just doing your own thing. You're just doing your thing, and you've met interesting people, and there are just so many interesting people here.
0: Well, okay, so I would think that you living there see through a lot of the bullshit, as you were saying, the overnight success, which is marketed and presented to the rest of the world, the rest of the country, as oh here's this fresh face just first movie and, and blown up and all and everyone not everyone but you know uh someone that lives in la someone's familiar would say no i remember when this person was doing nothing five years ago like they're mm-hmm. not an overnight success that's crap that's just what we're presenting as you know the feel-good story of the year or, or on the talk shows and it's all bullshit but y- you say you know y- you get to the point of as you said, oh, I'm not going to make it, but I still like my life and I still like what I'm doing out here, too. And I'm staying in creative endeavors that we've seen. You have people who are, you know, your your faces and multimillionaires and, you know, pass the grammar test. Everyone knows who they are. But every one of them will tell a story. How did you get started? And they're naming people that your general public doesn't know. But other people know of like, yes, that's a good coach that's a good trainer that's a good place to learn that's a good place to do this these unsung heroes that are the teachers and the background and the mentors of what made someone bigger later on there's a whole you know every quote overnight success or every star has dozens if not hundreds of people that got them there you need all of these people mm-hmm. in la and whatever to get someone to that point though too Yep. Um. I, th- I think we see it a lot in wrestling. Here's the superstar who trained you. Okay, average wrestling fan doesn't know who the hell those people are that trained them. But mm. if you go deep into wrestling, it's like, oh, yeah, that's a good trainer. That's a good school. Of course, that person's as good as they are. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe it could be the QT Marshall. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> How
1: dare you? How? Ugh. mm. No, I'm. I'm. We're done here. Flipping the table <laughs> over. This podcast is over.
0: <laughs> Sir, I had to watch Roads to the Top for another site. <laughs>
1: I like that show. That is. That is my. That's my jam. I used to watch Tough Enough back when it was on. And just oh like, yeah. Um. That's. I like it. It's um. So uh, phony. <laughs> yes, it is also bad. But I. I don't know if you know this. Professional wrestling is fake. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, another layer of artifice that uh delights me no end
0: okay um, it,
1: it, i have
0: opinions like, i have opinions on reality programming <laughs> uh, i have no doubt everyone
1: <laughs> should have opinions on reality yes. programming it's a it's a it's an odd beast and i think pretty uniquely american uh But, yeah, it's kind of like the reason why uh, uh, the uh, Yahtzee strike is about to happen. Uh, There are so many people that make the things happen that you see on television. And, you know, you're talking about how Scarlett Johansson, uh, you know, just got paid out $40 million from Disney because. Uh, they put uh, Black Widow on Disney Plus instead of putting out in theaters like con- they were contractually obligated to. And so you're like, oh, yeah, well, everyone in Hollywood must be making 40 millions just just drops in buckets. But like the people that are uh, pulling the focus on the camera and hanging the lights and, you know, painting the frickin sets are, you know, they're they're nobody knows who they are. And. When the credits roll on a movie, they're like, "Eh, is there a mid-credit sequence?" Ah, and I'm out of here. I don't give a shit who the best boy was. Uh, and those people, like they, they're here and they're working, and none of that would exist without them. And um, I mean, that's, that's a, a a human being can't really sort of encompass um, all of the things that go into all of the things that affect their life you know like you don't know the name of the cow that you know uh spit out the milk for you to drink spit out cows spit out milk that's how that works right that's how (laughs) bovine biology works uh but you know like there's so much stuff that there really should be more acknowledgement of all of existence
0: well part of the and I mean, I, I try and I try to learn things, and of course I just love the culture of creating and I, I would love to create more myself. So I pay attention to it on a different level than I keep saying it, but I don't have a better term. And I'm getting annoyed at hearing me say it too, <laughs> but the general public. Sure. Um oh I have words that
1: are so much worse than that for those people. <laughs> so don't worry about it. The masses.
0: <laughs> but I don't normals. Think... <laughs> Sorry, is that I, not? I, I don't think the normies, as you put it, <laughs> understand how stuff like that in Hollywood works and how gig work and stuff like that works. Um, there's a woman that has followed me online for years. She works in LA. She's production assistant. She's moved up and everything. And I'll see on, you know, she'll post on Facebook, "Oh hey, does anyone know of a show that's hiring?" I was like, "You were just on a show, yeah." And the <laughs> show has it has been, you know, uh, deals already been signed, three more seasons, yeah. I was like, so aren't you there the three more seasons? She's like, that's not how this works. <laughs> and it fascinated me. Like, when when I switched jobs within the last couple of years to a library, I'm like, oh, my God, I can do retirement. I could be here 20, 25 years. I could retire and, and, and get all that later on, as opposed to, you know, working random retail jobs and crap like that. Mm-hmm. And I so. You have the magic of Hollywood and a certain assumption. Oh, this show ran 10 seasons, 12 seasons, whatever. And people think, oh, wow, that's good job security. No, no, it's not. Maybe for the actors for the show, but for everyone else, writer's room on down. It's you're here for this season. You're here for this movie. You're here for this limited time. And then see you later. Find something else. I'll tell
1: you what, one of my dreams for the longest time since before I uh, moved out here was that I would like to write on, you know, a a comedy TV show. I want to be in the writer's room and just like sit around and like, let's tell jokes and let's write stories and let's just have fun and, you know, laugh and uh, get paid enormous amounts of money. And that's, you know, that's my dream. And I currently do a podcast with Gina Ippolito, who basically has that job. She has worked on legit network sitcoms like Murphy Brown is, you know, huge. It has a legacy. Um, it's a ba- base about as high as, you know, you're going to go in terms of like, uh, you know, uh, before you become like a showrunner of like uh, success, you know, like I was a television writer on a major network sitcom and, getting to you know uh, like being friends with her i get to see what the other side of that is which is she's constantly worried about the next job because uh even you know like a a show that is doing real well may not get renewed for whatever reason even if the show gets renewed you may not be asked back for whatever reason it might uh be the quality of your work or it might be um the showrunner doesn't like you. It might be someone who is jealous that you're 30 years younger and better than them badmouthed you behind your back. And, you know, that made it up certain chains, and they let you go because, like, there are literally hundreds of other people who are just as good as you waiting in the wings for that job. And the, uh, uh, um, just, it's a constant grind where. There is zero job security. You get this one job. Cool. You may not work for another five years. So you better hope that uh, was a lot of money because you're going to be living off that and hoping you get another, um, you know, gig writing jokes for a web series somewhere for two weeks. You know, it's um, it's really grueling. Oh, and then, by the way, you have to pay out. um you know, a quarter or more of your earnings to your manager, your agent, you know, um, your lawyer, all of these people who you couldn't do the job without them because there are, there are indeed even rules in place where you're not allowed to, you know, uh, even apply for some jobs without going through, you know, people first. And it's really rough to the point where, like at this stage in the game, even if it were sort of like, dropped in my lap I don't know that I would take a job like that because it's just it's um, the part that is fun and good is is like 5% of your job and the other 95% is just hitting the streets and just going and doing uh, work for no money so that you can get your name onto the lips of the people that uh, will say your name to the right people maybe and you know get your next gig it's a i mean it's a thing that you have to really want and know that um that you're gonna have to you're gonna be paying for it <laughs> you're gonna be paying for it in a thousand different ways you never realized um and at this point in my life it's just like that's too much for me i'm just gonna I'd rather kick back and find some
0: nice quiet library job
1: <laughs> and you know get a 401k
0: let listen it helped <laughs> and i only had like upstate small town stress when that helped me <laughs> it's
1: it really does yeah it's
0: uh it's a different kind of mindset well and you see people you know um here's what us normies do watching a show oh i haven't seen the actor or actress in years what have they been up to oh there's this break here i wonder what they were doing and it could be they did a project that's not listed. It could be that they were writing at that time. They're producing. They're doing something else. Or it could be they didn't have anything. And mm-hmm. maybe, like you said, maybe they made enough of previous project. Maybe they had a good residual contract. Or maybe they did all, any weird other job they could to live until they got their next break. The number of people who have legit IMDb credits that you would
1: recognize who you find... As your uber driver in Los Angeles it is kind of scary certainly for someone who doesn't live here uh but like when that is your life uh, and you're surrounded
0: by it you just kind of get used to it and forget that that's kind of weird well and you had um I I can't remember his name right now but uh, uh the actor who was the husband on Cosby show years ago yeah it was yeah yeah, yeah. we're work, working at Whole Foods and everyone outside of L.A. pretty much, I'll, I'll say probably even outside of New York as well, was like, oh, what a fall from grace. No, you do what you do to survive out there. It doesn't mean he gave up. It doesn't mean he's not still trying and all. But meantime, there's, you know, rent or a mortgage. There's, you know, all of your bills. There's insurance. There's maybe, you know, a partner and children and all like you do what you got to do. Yep. It doesn't mean anything less for him or anyone else that has to do that
1: no and it's ridiculous because the same people are like oh that's disgusting are also the same people who are like i'm a i'm a good hard working american and you know like how dare these elites tell me what to do when i work a 9 to 5 job
0: dude's got a 9 to 5 job what is your issue mm-hmm. yeah. well and and it also like i, I mean my dr- my dreams never been to like go to hollywood and act or anything like that but I always want to write. I, I would love to have a comic come out that I wrote and most of the things for that. because how did this person get started? How that person get going? A lot of them will say, here's how I got started, but there's no way it could happen now. It's like everyone Ta-da. that gets going has to find the trick to work their way in. And then that door is closed. And the next person has to find a new trick to work their way in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I got to imagine the same out there.
1: Yeah, and so much of it is um, doing work for free. Uh, exposure. And exposure. Exposure. Opportunities. That's, those are all terrible words. <laughs> um, the, yeah, the, the best way to uh, advance in any creative industry is do your own thing uh, so that it is something that you love even if you don't get paid for it, you're still going to do it and get better at your craft until you're undeniable. And then if you're lucky, that will fall into the lap of somebody who can do something about it, get you paid for it. Uh, But if you, you know, expect that um, just by working hard and for free, that you will succeed, it's not going to happen. If you try and pursue it, you know, in that way, It's probably not going to happen and um, it's just,
0: yeah, (laughs) it's real hard and it's probably not going to happen. Well, let's go. All right. So let's, let's bring it around to your creative endeavors, whether it be PGZ, whether it be shows in between, whether it be current podcasts, is it then I just need something to do for fun and, bullshit with people whose company i enjoy or is it maybe by putting something out there someone hears me and takes notice or is it hey everyone in this room has different connections maybe by becoming friends with these people not not the, it's not legitimate i don't mean it in a fake way but maybe through these friendships i can make other connections and i can have other things happen or just doing a podcast is recording kind of become all of it in a way too, like a little bit of this and a little bit of that in 1999 <laughs> asked our minds
1: back I worked as an office manager of a company called motion broadcasting in Bakersfield California and their idea was we're going to stream radio stations on the internet streaming was very new Jeez. at the time radio hadn't crossed over in any way. The technology was still pretty new. And so it was kind of hard to stream things. Um, But they were trying to make a go of it. When the internet bubble burst, they disappeared, you know, but at the time, like I would uh, do some office work and then I was kind of around and I didn't have anything else to do. So like, I would just start screwing around with the computers and um, they had got in a pirate radio station uh, that was separate from them uh before they came into existence and then they just brought them over like hey you guys want to you know you're doing this pirate radio thing in Biggersfield just over the airwaves to a few you know dozen people why don't you put it on you know our thing here um and just you know send it out to the world uh and so there's just like microphones all around they're like uh turntables there were record turntables there <laughs> um and so i just started fooling around with their stuff and then you know like started like uh uh, being a disc jockey back when that was sort of a thing. And then, uh, I, because I've always been a comedian, basically, I started writing jokes and then sort of reading them as kind of a fake newscast. I don't recall if daily show was a thing at that point. Uh, and I was following that or, um, it might've been even earlier and I was sort of like biting off like a fire sign theater kind of, um, Uh, influence but like basically i was doing like uh, telling topical jokes um and uh making that a a show it was essentially a podcast um uh which eventually ended and then i started doing what was more closer to uh, what was closer to a podcast with some uh, with two other guys that I was on a sketch team with. We had created a an improv team and then started doing a uh, sketch off of that. And then we're like, why don't we just uh, record our talking onto uh, uh, tapes? They were tapes that then I would um, put onto, make into MP3s and then put them online. And that was like 2001, maybe. So before podcast had a name, I was making podcasts. And it was just because uh, I wanted to do comedy and I didn't know how else to get it out there and then kind of fell off doing that. And then when podcasts became a thing, when it was named a podcast because iTunes had created, you know um, the infrastructure for that, I was like, wait a minute, what is is everybody else doing this thing that I'd already been doing? And no one, no one could listen to it because we're putting it out on like real player or something like that. And so it was, no one listened. And then I was like, Oh, okay, well, I guess I can start doing this again. And basically I started doing it again, hoping to become successful, but always just because it was a thing that I loved doing because I grew up listening to, uh, comedy albums and like audio comedy always really, um, uh, excited me. I started doing, um, I started working at a local radio station uh, before I got bought by clear channel and then under clear channel and like doing like audio, like making like uh fake commercial comedy type commercials and stuff like that. And then um, weaving some of that into my stuff and using their equipment too. Cause uh, that's, <laughs> that's how I roll. Uh, and then, you know, you get to the point where, uh, um, yeah, you, I'm just now I'm just doing it because it's, as you say, you know, like there's that create that drive to create. Um, so you know, like uh, I don't expect anything that I do now is going to make uh, make me a living. But I just enjoy doing it. And without it, I would out. Yeah, I would I would get depressed and like you know uh, feel like something's missing from my life.
0: But there's also the other stuff that you do here and and it's mentioned you know anyone that's listened to enough of your podcast like myself there's sprinkles of your personal life and there and other things but you're constantly bettering yourself to uh improv classes or what you read or what you discover on your own or what you're learning to just maybe it gives you a different angle on something maybe it gives you a different topic maybe it you know uh creates a tangent to go off of the you're like oh that's something i could use here and i'll pick up on some of it and go where the hell did he even learn this from where did this come from i was like oh my gosh this is great and i'm you know following your your logic and everything for it (laughs) i mean like just to exist in this world
1: you should be a curious person and that was always was one of the reasons why I moved to Los Angeles, because I grew up in small towns and was just surrounded by people who were just like, well, you know what? I'm going to uh, I'm going to settle down I'm out of high school. I'm going to have a kid and then I'm going to settle down and I'm going to get a boring job and I'm just not going to uh, I'm just going to stare straight forward and watch TV when I get home. And then uh, then I'll die. And it just i i don't even understand that mentality there is such a wide amazing world out there you should be experiencing it and thinking about it and learning from it and so um it, being in you know around creative people helps that um like it's you know taking classes helps that even you know like taking the same class from different teachers um the the dirty little secret about uh uh uh, theater education and comedy education, all these things is they're all telling you exactly the same thing, but you will only understand it from like two or three people. Everyone else is just going to be saying the same thing in a completely different way. And you're like, I don't, what are talking gibberish to me? And it'll be the one teacher that says it in a way that clicks with your brain and yeah, you get to pay, uh, you know, I don't know, $16,000 a year for the uh, privilege of getting a college education in that. Um, not that I'm bitter
0: about my theater degree or anything, you know. <laughs> I mean, who, who, <laughs> there's a couple of theater degrees in my family. <laughs> so most, most of which say the same. But it, it's, it's interesting you bringing up the point of the lessons are the same, but it's how the person's teaching it that is what works for you. Um, I believe, okay. So I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith and I know. Of Sometimes people, you know, roll their eyes at that. But one of his shows that I very much like is the Fat Man Beyond one, because I really like Mark Bernard's thoughts and opinions on things. And he makes me think. But then to further that, he had, I believe it was Carrie Payton. And I'm not going to swear to that. I'm not going to, you know, bet money on it. I believe it was Carrie Payton was on an episode. And when he was talking about telling his mom he wants to come out to L.A. and try, Why? Why can't you just be here? Why can't you stay here in this small town and just raise a family and, you know, be like everyone else in in your life. And he said, I feel like there's, I have to go out there because I have to say something that someone needs to hear. And they're only going to be able to hear it from me. You yep. know, in my acting and in my instruction and in my interview and in whatever it might be. And in that moment, I was the one that had here. It's like, this person needs to hear this thing and it's not going to mean anything unless they hear it from me or discover it through me. And I need to do that. I was like, damn, that just, you know, that's not about money. That's not about fame. That's not about anything. It's just like for the overall fate, God, Galactus, whatever the hell of the universe there, (laughs) for some reason, you have to be here to say things or someone else you might never meet can hear it. I was like, okay. And then that, helped drive me from there on all
1: art is is communication it's you see the world a particular way and you you feel driven to connect with other people that feel that same way and when you you know uh paint a painting or sing a song and someone's like yeah i get that that's that's it that's what it is it's that connection you feel it they feel it and you both are uh you both become greater through that experience
0: well and and it even just um, to learn things, to be exposed to new things through someone else's voice. I need you to teach a little class here for me, because you mentioned something on one of your recent podcasts, and I had never heard it before in my life. And I'm becoming obsessed with it a little bit. <laughs> and I, I want to understand it more. So you might be the voice to make me understand it here. Uh, we'll see. Okay pirate robot ninja (laughs) i had never heard that before in my life and the little bit of explanation you gave and i and i apologize i cannot remember which podcast it was on which one of yours but the little bit of explanation you gave i was starting to understand but i'm like this absolutely fascinates me because i think it might change how i approach certain things later (laughs) Uh, Would you be willing to break it down
1: a little more? Oh, sure. It feels real specific to me, but I don't know if there's a greater lesson to be taken from it. Uh, Billy Merritt is one of the uh, most amazing improv teachers out here in Los Angeles. He uh, was with the Upright Citizens Brigade. He, you know, started out in uh, UCB in New York and moved out here early on. So, like, he was here a little bit before I was. There was a big um, exodus of uh, New York improvisers to los angeles like around 2007 ish and it uh, continued from there but like there was a um, 2006 or 2007 there's a bunch of people that uh had studied under the original ucb4 moved out here and uh you know like um the la school uh, started going i think it was in 2005 was the first one but uh Billy Merritt, uh, amazing teacher, and he has so many pearls of wisdom that he's gleaned over the years uh, that he just drops, just drops willy-nilly. Um, one of them that sticks with a lot of people because it's, you know, it's it's a real simple thing to grasp onto um, for the concept of, uh, or for performing improv, you know, comedy improvisation, is uh, Pirate Robot Ninja. There are three different... Kinds of performers on an improv stage. Uh, there's the pirate who just comes blazing in and they have energy and they have an initiation and they're just like, uh, you know, put it all out there. Um and there is the robot who, you know, enters a scene, takes it all in. Um, you know, when when something happens, they you know uh, uh, think about it, work through it logically, justify it if it needs, you know, like something's crazy happening. I'm like, well, the reason why he does this is because you know this here. They come from this you know place or whatever, and then the ninja, someone who hangs on the back line. Um, I'm assuming, of course, that everyone is watched long form improvisation like it's the most natural thing in the world and (laughs) i get that maybe that might not be the case uh but you know usually you have um with the basic setup you have you know uh five eight people uh hanging around on the back of the uh the back of the stage and you know one or two or two people will come forward and start a scene and then people might come in and you know the ninja someone who watches from the back line um realizes um that the scene needs a little clarification because it is just two people, uh, talking and pretending, um, you don't always have 100%, uh, communication there. Um, and someone from outside, uh, may have a better sense of it and will just, uh, can drop in and, and clarify, uh, their game for them. Like this is, um, this is what's happening or they'll come in and, you know, uh, basically nudge an actor with something like oh my god here's your wife who just rolled in and you know uh so that the people on stage and be like oh right this is this is the area that we need to pursue and um that's yeah I, I guess that's it again if uh it's something specifically for um long-form improvisation but if you you know if you're resonating on another
0: level i want to know from you what's up Well, it just made sense to me. Um, Even. All right. I have a theory here. uh, It'll come around. Sometimes I take long walks to make my point here. This is going to be one of those times here. here. Okay. In a group of three friends. Mm -hmm. If only two are around. You make fun of the third who is not there. Mm -hmm. If all three are around. One is always the goat though. Mm -hmm. But I also saw. What you're given here as an example, you uh, there's usually an outspoken one, a loud one, a crazy one, the one that has all the stories, the one that, you know, people are like, Oh my gosh, what's he been up to lately? You have one that seems to be uh, almost a straight man in a way, Mm -hmm. more responsible and everything um, more mature in a way. And then you have one that's just kind of quiet and in the background but when needed can say something or do something to fill the role. But they're there. They're always there. They're always ready, but they don't always need to be right up front for anything, but they're there when necessary. Mm -hmm. And I could just see that dynamic working for writing a team book comic for, (laughs) you, you know, um, for just, uh, a personal story for people to just see you know the dynamic and what's happening for them and I, I just saw ways that work because it is natural in life as well like this just seems to be a, a dynamic that many people fall into which one are you for this group? let's take the Facebook quiz <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, something that
1: because uh, yeah i've I've been I started doing comedy sports in nineteen ninety seven um, and eventually moved into long-form improvisation. And so I've, I've been at this for a while and, um, there's all sorts of stuff that, uh, relates to life, uh, coming from that, but, uh, also, you know, feeding back into it. Um, but the, uh, um, um, wow. I just got so far up my own ass. I
0: have
1: no <laughs> idea what I was going to say. Not a one, uh, <laughs> Jesus. I know that like, I am a ninja and like, like innately that's sort of, you know, like how I've been for a long time. Uh, but also one of the things that, uh, you take out of that, uh, pirate robot ninja thing is that you should be able to do all three. Um, people will naturally fall into one of those categories. And obviously it's, you know, it's a completely arbitrary designation. Like, oh, there's only two kinds of people in the world, you know? Um, But uh, to be on stage, you should be able to, you know, step up and, you know, sort of uh, um, uh, blast onto the scene with energy and you should also be able to uh, sit back and, yeah, like you're saying, be the straight man and, you know, uh, be able to justify things and also to um, continue to forward a scene, you know, uh, uh, with just like calm logic. And then you should also be able to – take in what's going on and just be able to bounce in and bounce out, you know, not, uh, you know, drawing a lot of focus, but just like directing things where they need to go. Um, I, I sort of get what you're saying because a lot of times when I'm writing sketch comedy or that sort of thing, I, I, I think a lot of the rhythms will fall into that, uh, sort of form. Like you have the, the, um, the crazy person was like, I think, you know, the moon is made of green cheese. And then the other you know person says, like, sir, this is a Wendy's. And then you, you go back <laughs> and forth uh, and then, you know, you have a third voice to drop in sometimes and be like, oh, the store's on fire and, you know, to take you somewhere else. Uh, but like, yeah, you know what? It's, it's a it's a good structure to at least uh, lay the groundwork of a of a thing that you're working on
0: well and you bringing up the point that in, in theory someone could be able to play all three i think and i'm going to use this to segue into let's hype up your podcast a bit i think one of the best forms of improv and being able to adapt and change at a moment's notice is pro wrestling sure uh it's feeding off of the fans depending on the booker the promoter the writer what am i doing this week that's not what i was doing last week doesn't matter have to adapt have to go mm-hmm. ahead and do it this week. That's who I am this week. I'm at a different company. It's a different crowd. It's, it's Bizarro Land Canada, whatever it might be. Um, I was listening to a different podcast this morning, and they're mentioning uh, Absolute Intense Wrestling, which is in the Midwest, had Matt Cardona on a show, brought him mm-hmm. in for it. Matt Cardona on his Major Figures podcast has said that when he was backstage ready to come out, he did not know if he was going to be a heel or face at the curtain did not know (laughs) and he comes out and the crowd's kind of split because he is an internet darling for all the stuff he's doing but this was his opponent's hometown crowd with his family there on his mom's (laughs) birthday like Uh so he came out and it was 50 50 and he wasn't quite sure until he got a little bit further and someone who who um was a regular there is in his face, flipping him off, screaming, fuck you. And he goes, Oh, it's on. <laughs> just flip ah, yes. the switch right in that moment and <laughs> went full blown heel. <laughs> uh,
1: that is, uh, that is my favorite way to enter uh, an improv scene. Uh, by the by, I just like to walk in. Uh, what do you give me? Cool. I I know exactly where I need to do with this information you just gave me. Uh, And there's also a surprising number of uh, improvisers who are huge wrestling fans and vice versa. Um, I mean, like I've I've worked with. uh, um, uh, No, I've been on the same show as (laughs) Cody and Dolph Ziggler. Um, uh, 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 Dolph's uh, uh, brother you know, who's on AEW right now. Uh, Yeah, Nick um, was a personal trainer of uh, some friends of mine, you know, in Los Angeles until he got the call up to AEW. Um, There's a lot of back and forth because there's a lot of crossover, um, you know, of just like building something from nothing and listening to the audience and responding to that, giving them what they want or need, you know. Uh, It's... um, yeah yeah there's uh, it's really interesting
0: so how with a double back which i love the podcast and i love the dynamic and i oh. i try to i try to guess thumbs up thumbs down thumbs in the middle myself <laughs> depending on the segment two and my and my own opinions while watching it for you I, and one i gotta imagine like many people AEW is number one in your eyes right now because they are giving you what you actually want Mm -hmm. as opposed to what do the fans want? Oh, we will go the completely opposite way because fuck them. (laughs) It's an easy
1: uh, um, uh, thing to fall into when uh, you know, you're trying to entertain people. They, everybody likes to be surprised so, you know, uh, let's just give them the opposite of what they think they're going to get. And then that becomes the driving force rather than, you know, let's tell a good story. Easy to fall into that. I've done it many times myself.
0: But it feels like there's a difference between we're swerving, you know, we're keeping it a mystery and we have just flat out changed what we were going to do five minutes ago just to screw with you. And there's no sensor logic behind it at all. There's nothing wrong with the mystery. There's nothing wrong with the surprise. But when it happens, you, it, I feel it's more rewarding. Go, I should have seen it coming. Oh, my gosh. All of the clues were there. I should have seen it coming. And they got me. They got me. And that's no. more exciting than they just said, fuck you. We're going to the left and of the right here. Um, Here's the thing. What you want to do uh, with any creative endeavor
1: is to give people what they want in a way that they don't expect. And that is one of the hardest things in the world to do because they're almost opposite. You have to give them something that they're expecting, but they're not expecting. Uh, And to do that well is real hard. To do it well consistently is pretty much
0: impossible. So what angle are you taking watching wrestling now then? Are you watching it just to watch the show and the enjoyment of it? Are you watching for the actual moves, the athleticism. Are you watching for the storyline? Are you watching to just see what happens? Like what, you know, are you, are you a, a good smart fan or a bad smart fan with it? The, <laughs> Cause there's both. <laughs> oh yes, there is indeed. Um, no, like, what, what are you watching it for now? Other than content for the podcast to be recorded. <laughs> uh, we were originally doing um,
1: uh, WWE raw, until we switched over uh, for essentially philosophical reasons. Uh, But then we, you know, encountered a show that was so different. Um, I I feel like when the show started, it was kind of about like, well, let's kind of deconstruct what's happening here. Uh, And nowadays I feel more like uh, part of the reason why that was, was because I didn't, really trust the creative it didn't feel it didn't feel like they had my best interest at heart so you know you sort of like uh, approach it as like well what are they doing is this succeeding or is this failing in the way that you know like a critic might uh, and these days most of the time i'm feeling like what have you got for me uh and then i'll respond to it in a you know in a, in a way that you know like i i love this um or i hate this And then I'll start thinking about the reasons why. Um, First and foremost nowadays, I just want to be entertained. Um, And, you know, um, AEW is a show that uh, does that for me a lot. So that's
0: real nice. It's real nice. Well, and I enjoy, I mean, I, I love it for all the reasons sometimes i'm just like that was a fantastic match and i don't care if there's anything before or after it that was just a fantastic match there's certain people Mm -hmm. i've followed for years and enjoy it but then there's other things like my local indie promotion i am i would be willing to bet money that the promoter knows who the next champion is right now and he is booking towards it like just the way that i see stuff happen on the show i'm like he knows where he's ending and i don't know it yet because we're just putting on one show, one match at a time here. I'm like, he knows exactly where he's going with it. I don't have a doubt in my mind that he knows who the next champion is, who's going to be thrown in there ahead of time, what swerves he's going to take, who he's bringing in, you know, uh, three shows from now to get the storyline going. Like, And it's all indie local, tam- local, you know, big air quotes <laughs> there for for wrestling. Local could be within like six hours, if not more. <laughs> but I've not doubt in my mind he knows where he's going with it. AEW I get that a bit too like uh, because I I can't stand it when people say oh something didn't happen here something didn't happen tonight and for me it's it's the tangent just a tad it's the walking dead analogy oh nothing happened this episode you need episodes of character development or build up so when something happens you give a shit because Mm -hmm. if just stuff just happens to people yeah it's cool that something happened but you have no reason to care that it happened. You yeah. need that emotional attachment. So we need episodes where people just talk. We need episodes where stuff builds. So later on, you're like, wow, that was amazing. That hurt me or made me cheer or made me laugh or made me cry or whatever it might be because it built up for it. Yeah. And, and, and that, one of the shows wasn't doing that for me anymore either.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, uh they just abandon things and, you know, there it's, the show is run on the whims of an old man who sometimes will just be like, throw it all out. You know, like, but I've invested <laughs> months in this thing, and now you're saying it doesn't exist anymore. It's uh, it's hard.
0: Yeah. Now, let's say you're at home, got nothing going on, and you find out there's wrestling nearby, but it's good. You know, you're gonna have to deal with LA traffic, but it's nearby, and you're like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that. I would love to go i gotta get in the car i'm gonna waste an hour minimum and it, you know driving and everything i don't know that i want to deal with it who if you heard was on that card a name or two would be the thing that pushed you over and say screw it grab the keys you're heading <laughs>
1: uh of people that are currently performing currently um, performing. Uh, uh you know what i'll tell you what um of the blade really <laughs> um for, some, for whatever reason, I just fell in love with that team. Uh, um, it might be uh, their resemblance to um, an old EFED uh, <laughs> tag team I used to run in 2000. Uh, it took me a while to come to that realization. I was like, oh, my God, they're so similar to this uh, um, uh, uh, bulletin board uh, uh fantasy Federation team that I used to run that uh um it's I, I guess that's why I'm in love with them and then when I found out that uh the butcher is the guitarist for you know like a yeah. a hardcore band I was like what and what and so whenever he's gone it's because he's out touring with that band and they never bring it up it's not like fozzy like they'll just uh, uh, be like, and here's the rock star himself, the butcher, uh, of like, that is so cool. It's just like a little thing that not everybody knows. Um, and I've always been a fan of those kind of like second tier wrestlers that just always seem like there's more going on than, you know, and they're just, you, I'm just like transfixed by them. Uh, Yoshihiro Tajiri used to be one of my favorite wrestlers back in the day. Um and just like never got as much screen time as I wanted. I didn't do D'Lo Brown was a guy who was like you know like in, in the nation of domination. Like you're thinking of The Rock and you're thinking of The Godfather and all of these people, but like
0: also was a fan of D'Lo. Uh, and he did okay for himself, you know. So D'Lo is grossly underrated and should be in Hall of Fame. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Blade and Bunny. Uh, we're from Rochester area, so Uh-oh. close-ish to me. So they did all the indies around here under previous gimmicks. So I saw nice. them like fresh face kids, air quotes <laughs> kids there, starting out, and then seeing the change now. I'm like, I can't even believe it's the same people. <laughs> just in awe of it. All right, we also have Knowing is half the podcast. Most recent episode doing the Masters of the Universe Revelations. But you've also, like, you deep dive on stuff, too. Of course there's G.I. Joe, but, like, uh, who was who it, Peacock that finally Savage Dragon was on something? Because I've been just re- watching <laughs> random YouTube videos of that for years because I love the comic. Yeah, um, yeah. But it feels like one of the few other places that is looking for stuff like that. And ble- I'm the one that sat through within the last year and watched all 12 episodes of Wildcats. Just wow. For my own amusement. You and, are an and, Image fanboy. My goodness. Oh, it, it's oh, it's 30 years next year. It just feels like, <laughs> all right, you know, like, wh- let me look at it again as an adult, because I was one of those ones that put all image on my poll list, and then all image came in, and I'm like, I don't want half this shit.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But re- that, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, just
1: I, I remember when it happened, and I, I also bought all those number ones and like, you know, like, oh my God, Todd McFarlane and Rob Liefeld and Jim Lay, they're all splitting. What is going
0: on here?
1: Um, And of course, again, uh, my favorites of those were Dale Keown and Sam Keith, who nobody remembers, but uh, in my mind were, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sam Keith's still one of my favorite uh, uh, comic artists of all time. But uh, yeah, they didn't get the headlines that
0: Youngblood did. No, and, and eh, say say uh, what you want about Rob, and you're probably right. <laughs> but that podcast going through so many things as this show is part of Retro Network. Anyone listening to it, anyone that reads that site, please check out that podcast because you guys go through so much and in just such an entertaining way. Because watching some of this stuff as an adult hmm. is vastly different. Um, Personally... And you, and you might disagree. You might agree. I don't know. Personally, I think the weirdest and maybe worst 80s cartoon episode of all time is Power Glad Falls in Love from Transformers. Oh, wow. Uh, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he rescues a woman and then she falls in love with him. And <laughs> they, they go through a whole thing debating if they can be a couple or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, it actually might be titled Power Glide Falls in Love think that might actually be full title of the episode uh that is one of the worst ones i've ever seen in my life
1: like but the s- show started with uh i don't i don't actually i don't remember entirely how it started but ray loved old gi joe had not watched in a while i hadn't watched it in a while Remembered loving it as a kid but it was like it couldn't possibly hold up and so like the dynamic originally was just uh you know like uh one guy likes it one guy doesn't like it but I've always been a fan of, of recontextualizing things Uh, in in a lot of different venues. Like I like stuff recontextualized. I love covers uh, that are done by someone who like really takes it and does something new with it. So you see a new side of it. Like uh, um, when uh, uh, Johnny black, Jesus Christ, uh, Johnny, uh, cash did, uh, hurt, you know, like Mm -hmm. it took a song that was great, continues to be great and did something completely new with it. And was still great in a completely different way. I'm like, wow, that you can do that. Um, amazing to me. Uh, so like watching old things, old cartoons, we started just doing like all of, uh, the first two seasons, G.I. Joe Sunbow era, you know, like, uh, 84 through 86, 87. Uh, and just sort of like seeing like, well, as an adult, how does this thing hold up? And then we just sort of spread out and started doing all sorts of other, uh, cartoons and stuff. And I continue to be, uh, I can, I really love looking at some of those things, seeing where they're dated, um, seeing where they're targeted at children, obviously not for me, you know, like I can, I can separate all of those things out my head and like, this is good for what it is this is actually good, good period. It, you know, communicates on multiple levels. Uh, and you know, like, here's where like, wow, that's, that's what people thought was totally normal in 1989. But today, like, can't say that word anymore. Um, and being able to sort of see social progression, that's a really interesting thing. Like things that, you know, uh, we used to think were fine and don't anymore, uh, you know, for the better or worse. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's been real fun, like, uh, visiting all sorts of, you know, uh, cultural detritus and sort of taking a lens to it that uh, maybe uh, most people
0: don't bother to. Well, when I would because when stuff happened with the previous site, I was debating just giving up entirely, just walking away from all of it. And because sometimes it gets stressful, like you feel like you have to put something out there as much as I said earlier and you agreed, like you have to create. I was like, but is this where the energy should go? Is this Mm -hmm. worth it? Is this focus worth it? But then I started seeing more and more of things like that, that this was seen as disposable. This was thrown out. No one saved it. No one did anything with it. What do I love and enjoy in life? I love comics, which people have tried to wipe off the face of the earth numerous times <laughs> and were treated as disposable for so long and not given respect for so long. I love wrestling. Same seen as instantly disposable and you got to really dig to find old stuff and old wrestlers and stuff from like independent promotions just disappears and you really got hunt for it. And then when I started working at the library, I'm seeing all the stuff in the archives. I'm like, there's so much cool stuff out there that no one knows about and everyone forgets. Yeah. As children of the 80s, there's a lot of stuff that we f- have found and reconnected with, but there's still other stuff buried. I went to a, a toy convention a couple weeks ago, and one of the main things I was looking for there was Bionic 6 figures. And no one remembers Bionic 6 as an <laughs> 80s cartoon. And I was like, I, I found two. <laughs> I was very happy. But <laughs> no one remembers it. Completely forgotten. There's no toy. There's no cultural in- impact. There's no DVD set. There's nothing. If it wasn't for Marvel, ROM would be long forgotten if it mm-hmm. wasn't for that line of comics, like stuff that's just thrown away. And I'm like, someone needs to remember this stuff. Maybe this is what previous generation did and why they all get into World War Two. And it seems like, you know, everyone, every male over a certain age is a World War Two history buff for no good reason. Like maybe that's maybe that's what they were thinking too like we need to preserve this history but i'm more of the pop culture history there's so much out there brand new today but so much out there before that's just forgotten about let's bring it up let's talk about it again people worked hard on this let's remember it and i love doing it too and here in podcasts like knowing is half the podcast to just have uh, that other people think the same that i'm not alone in that
1: look i'm not gonna say that uh what we do is important or is indeed <laughs> that many of the things that we do are in any way significant. Uh, some of these shows are pure garbage, but, um, we lost a lot of Shakespeare plays cause at the time people thought they were trash. The only plays we have left are ones that are collected in the first folio because someone was like, you know what? Let's just throw all these together and like put them. Maybe maybe someone will want it. It's like those old, uh, um, what do they call them? It's the, is it the marble masterpieces? Those uh, thick like phone book type uh, uh, black ma- and white
0: ma- reprints. Masterworks.
1: Masterworks. Yeah, that you know, like b- basically, it's like we're not even going to spend the money to give you the color on these things. Here's oh, those ones. And uh, essentials. Essentials. Yeah.
0: And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the DC were showcases.
1: Uh, people don't always know what they got, so you know,
0: there you go. All right, well then let's segue. Is that also shining a light on the wonderful children's programming of today through Ooh. the My Three Dads podcast?
1: <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, we <laughs> only record
1: that things rarely. Every once in a while, I'll be like, should we record another episode? Yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, because all three, I mean. For Christ's sake, uh, Marshall has his own dad podcast. He doesn't need to be doing this. But we just all three of us were like, you know what? Uh, whenever we had uh, Marshall on as a guest host of Knowing South the podcast, uh, me and Ray, we just got along so well, uh, more than is usual for, you know, um, any random grouping of people that we were just like, you know what, we'd have to do something with this. What are we gonna do with this? I don't know. It's we're all dads now. Uh uh, Ray and I's kids are almost the same age, a couple months apart. Uh Marshall's kids are a little bit older, but like um we're like, we're all dads, and why don't we just do a thing? I'm like, you know what? We already have this format for knowing how not the podcast. Why don't we just do it for like contemporary cartoons? Because so often we're watching these cartoons and uh uh it's for our kids sake and sometimes we have to we're sitting there watching them and either are like oh my goodness this is really good like bluey is like such a great cartoon like i will watch bluey without my kid uh that's how good that show is and then there are cartoons like Trocho that are like oh my god i wasn't even paying attention to this when my kid was watching it and now i'm watching it i hate this so much this is atrocious <laughs> why did they let this on the airwaves my god Uh, and it was, you know, so like, um, I feel bad that we don't do, we aren't as diligent about it as we should be. And like, God bless anybody who's even bothering to keep track and like, listen to us occasionally because we'll put on an episode maybe once a month, maybe. Uh, but it's just something that, uh, again, and if there's any sort of advice I can give for anybody who's doing this sort of thing or wants to have a podcast or get started in podcasting, it's, uh, um, enjoy it. you because you're not going to get any money out of it make sure you enjoy doing it and by god i love hanging out with those two guys and just talking about you know raising our kids and the stuff we have to deal with stuff that we have to uh put into our eye holes and ear holes sometimes uh, which can be good or bad very very bad
0: Well, as much as, you know, the world's getting smaller, we're all connected, social media, smart devices, all that crap. We're also all very much alone, more so than ever before. Mm. And to have the three of you talking together and sharing things, and then as a dad myself to listen to it, it's just, it's a feeling of, oh, I'm not alone. I thought that too, or this is amusing, or I'm glad I'm not the only one going through that. Or thank you for that story. I don't have the same story, but I've gone through some shit in the past week, too. It's good to know I'm not the only one going through it because we do still have the attitude that was given to us by TV shows and movies. You know, um, dad works the nine to five and then he goes to the bar with his friends and then he comes home and he eats the dinner that his wife has already prepared. And then he sits in front of the TV and then he goes to bed. That's not real life, and that's bullshit. But so mm-hmm. many people still think of it as that's what it is. So all right, um, who do that's I go to? That's what I'm saying, for, man. That's yeah, who art. do I go to out of frustration for um my kid, or he's watching something terrible, or geez, this happened, and I just need to rant about it. I don't need anyone to do anything. But this happened, the story's all over by time, I'm telling the story on a podcast, or you know to friends or whatever, but hear about this bullshit that I went through with my kid's school, or a daycare, or you know another parent, whatever it might be. And hearing a show like yours, e- even though like, you're saying it's sporadic, it's at least like, okay, I'm not the only one out there, though. I'm not the only one experiencing this. I'm not the only one having watched shitty things with my kid, even. <laughs> If you can do
1: that with whatever creative thing that you do, like I said, if if you paint a painting or you do a, a one act play or you know, you um I don't know make a freaking ashtray and hand it to somebody and they say I get it, I understand, I feel less alone. That's art. That's that's again, that's that's art and that is just as important as freaking shakespeare uh j- just a one-on-one connection with somebody uh to be able to sort of like p- put your brains together for a hot second and say like yeah uh uh this human experience is universal
0: well speaking of universal though i universal mean you, studios
1: no nope, nope. theme
0: park i don't <laughs> Because you, you've gone through stuff and explained what app it's on or channel or whatever and all. But there's nothing that's everywhere more so than YouTube. or are, are we going to see a deep dive on YouTube shows? Because let me tell you, mine is now eight. I have very strong opinions, pro and con, depending on the channel, for some reason. I can also say, because he won't listen to this. There are some Christmas presents hidden already because, oh, your favorite YouTuber had to have some merch out, and now I have to get it, and it's going to take a freaking month or two to get it, and I'm going to wonder if it's actually showing up ever at all. But (laughs) they put up on their new YouTube video with 10 million views. Hey, kids, you only have until midnight Friday to get our exclusive merch, so I guess I'm buying it, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's a delight. I can't wait. It. I. I can give you ones to avoid or ones to show <laughs> your son. Like, okay, I'm gonna steer you towards these ones and away from these ones a little bit. <laughs> uh, we. Uh, I have a list for knowing us.
1: Have the podcast of shows that like I run across. I'm like, oh, we should definitely do this someday. And uh, there's dozens. I don't. I don't know. Maybe a hundred. Maybe even more of just like random one off one off shows. You're like, what? Even is this? Who made this? We, I, I gotta, we gotta dig into this. Uh, the sh- list for My Three Dads is much, much shorter, uh, cause we don't really think about it too hard. It's usually it's like something, uh, our, our kid is watching something, you're like, oh no, we gotta talk about this. Um, so it's a real short list, but Blippi is definitely on there. There's mm-hmm. definitely some YouTube stuff that, like, okay, we gotta, we gotta deal with this. Um, Hopefully not too much because, like I was saying, <laughs> I, I I cut my kid off from uh, uh, YouTube as much as as possible. Uh, he used to have sort of like unfettered access to it on the toilet because uh, uh, that's how we could get him to poop. And then we had to figure out how to like separate him from that so that he could poop without a, a tablet. Um, and there's still stuff that will just pop up in my... I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm almost certain it's from YouTube. How did you get a hold of that? I don't <laughs> want you interacting with that goddamn site anymore.
0: Let me know when either yourself or any of the guests has a kid who discovers Lanky Box. Lanky Box. It's going on the list of warning signs. I Well, that's the thing. I absolutely hated it at first, but they grow on you is the weird thing. Oh, no, no, they go, go from, oh, they go from annoying to adorable. <laughs> we'll it's, see about uh, that. Uh, I mean, yeah, fair. I've, I've had a couple months of having to deal with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I definitely know that feeling that uh, like, oh, God, I'm going to have to watch, I guess. Just going to have to let this happen.
0: Oh, I'm going to have to let this happen. Yeah, and, and that's the time that they want you in the room, too. Last <laughs> week last week. Oh, no, no, I won't watch this by myself. All right, cool. I'll get other stuff done. Oh, <laughs> geez, I have no desire to watch a second of this show, and now's the time you want me right next to you the whole time. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> the things we do as a parent. Oh, I, at the time of this recording, I have to plan out my day tomorrow, because it's Pokemon Go Community Day, so I need to make sure that there are enough shinies to go around. <laughs> <laughs> my day is planned out. <laughs> See how many laps it takes. <laughs> good luck. Get that cardio in. I mean that that is helpful for it. I do like <laughs> that part. All right, Chand, we end this podcast as we end all good things by you hyping up yourself on social media. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you know what? The number
1: one reason I am not famous and you don't know, you don't hear my name next to Mark Marin or freaking PewDiePie is because I am terrible at self-promotion, but I will say this. You can find me on Twitter at 999 RPMs. If you friend me on Facebook and you don't have like a picture of your bazongas out. So I think that you're a bot. I'll probably friend you or even if not, like it's all public and I do post a fair amount of stuff on there. Um, I've got a podcast. It's called Knowing Is Half the Podcast, where we talk about cartoons. I've got a podcast called My Three Dads, where we talk about dad stuff uh, and also cartoons, and a show called AE Double Back. If you watch AEW Dynamite and you're in that sort of thing, maybe even if you're not into that sort of thing, but you're kind of curious what kind of weirdos listen to uh, podcasts about pro wrestling, like come on in. <laughs> uh, Teresa Gumprecht, Calder Holbrook, those are my co hosts on AE Double Back. Marshall Givens, Race DeCanis are my co-hosts on My Three Dads. Race DeCanis and Gina Eppolito are my co-hosts on Knowing Is Half the Podcast. All of those people are better people than me, so find them, too.
0: Jeez, that's a whole lot of people I'm going to have to tag in the show notes here. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's on you, man. I'm, I know. My job here wash his hands is done. <laughs> he made it work now. <laughs> All right. And if Chan brought you to me, if you are like, oh, Chan's on podcast, I gotta listen to you. and I am brand new to you, my site is maskedlibrary.com. If you ever saw Team Hellion stuff from years ago, that was me as well. I also write over at the Retro Network. I have this podcast, which is a series of one-on-one interviews with creators I enjoy. And then I have a Uh, every other week give or take one with my friend Chris who is in Canada so we get different perspective on things called the pop culture pub and you can follow me across most social medias at masked library Chan thank you so much for uh, you you, I know you've had a busy day today already with all of your podcast recordings and everything else (laughs) and and child wrangling but I thank you so much for yeah I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me this week
1: Thanks for having me, man. Uh it's uh good to good to talk to you uh for so long, for the longest we've talked to in fifteen years.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> much.